uh, a hypothetical question for you. What is necessary for a person to attain eternal life? Is it enough, is it enough for, uh, for us as Catholics to be baptized, uh, to enter the pearly gates? Is that enough for us? Or how about for a non-Catholic Christian? Can they get to heaven? Or how about for a non-Christian who believes in God? Is it possible for them to get to heaven? Or how about an atheist? Is it possible for them to get to heaven? In order to answer these questions, let's take a look at what the church says about these matters. In some sense, today's Feast of Epiphany is about addressing this question that God's people, uh, all people are invited to be God's people. The Magi come to do homage to Jesus, the incarnate word, and he represents, in some sense, a new chapter in salvation history. God our Father has been preparing the, this, uh, this time for a long period of time throughout the Old Testament, telling the world to, uh, to come now and receive the salvation available to, even to the Gentiles. Of course, in the Old Testament, if we look at the Old Testament, the way that you entered into relationship with God was to become a Jew. Uh, but these Magi who are visiting today, they're not Jews, they're Gentiles. In some mysterious way, God has led them to this place, to Bethlehem, to pay homage to Jesus, a child king. So even though we, we take for granted that all people are invited to be in relationship with God, we don't always talk about how that particularly and practically takes place. So the Catholic Church teaches that God's invitation of friendship and salvation is open to all people. But this sets up a real tension that we must be uh, kind of aware of and address. In a nutshell, it boils down to the following conundrum. Jesus says that baptism is necessary for us, that we need to eat his, his flesh, his body, and obey his commandments. And if we want to receive eternal life, we need to follow that path. Now, on the other hand, there are millions, there have been millions of people who have lived and died or are currently living who have not been baptized. So what is their fate? Now, if we say that there's absolutely, uh, all people are absolutely saved, then what is the point of having a church in some sense? You might say, well, why, why go through all the work of, you know, having a Catholic church? Why did God set that up? We should be spending our lives, why should we spend our lives doing all these evangelization and spreading the gospel and all of that? If salvation doesn't depend on the sacraments or the life of grace or everything else that comes with the church, then why does the church exist? So we can ask that question on the one hand. And if we say that no one is saved outside the church or some gradation of that question or that statement, how does that square with a God desiring to save everyone? What about all those people who, through no fault of their own, never receive baptism, never receive First Communion, never have the opportunity to have their sins forgiven through the sacrament of reconciliation. So upon these answers to these questions rests the whole missionary mandate of our faith, of the Christian faith. If church isn't necessary, why does it exist? The church has been thinking about these issues or these questions for centuries. And if you want a distilled version of the wisdom of the church, uh, you could read um, from the Second Vatican Council there's a document called Lumen Gentium. Maybe you've heard that may name, maybe not. It just means a light to the nations. And if you uh, have a bulletin this weekend, there's a little green insert in there, and it talks about this uh, document. There's a little excerpt from it. 
And in chapter 2 of that document, there's a little part where it talks about how all the different peoples of the world are connected in some way to the church and how all people are invited into the church. We see that nobody is excluded from the possibility of salvation except those who exclude themselves. However, it is important to say that possibility does not equate to certainty, and depending on the circumstances, possible does not equate to probable. So when the church teaches salvation is possible to those outside of the church, she does hold up true hope for them, and, and we, we recognize that. There's a way that God works in a serious way outside of the church. But for those who are baptized and those who are living the life of the church, there are many helps and assistances that are given to them on the path towards salvation. And therefore, it is desirable that these gifts should be shared with everyone, with everyone possible. Lumen Gentium, in uh, paragraph 16, if you're probably not too familiar with documents, church documents, they're usually par paragraph numbered by paragraph so you can access them and so forth. But if you read paragraph 16, this is what it says. And I, I feel like this is a, a helpful statement for us. It says, Those also can, can, can attain salvation who through no fault of their own do not know the gospel of Christ or his church. Yet, sincerely seek God, and moved by grace, strive by their deeds to do His will as it is known to them, through the dictates of conscience. Nor does divine providence deny the helps necessary for salvation to those who, without blame on their part, have not yet arrived at an explicit knowledge of God, and with His grace strive to live a good life. Whatever good or truth is found amongst them as is looked upon by the church as a preparation for the gospel. She knows that it is given by him who enlightens all men so that they may finally have life. So that's the first part of the paragraph. The second part, but often men deceived by the evil one have become vain in their reasonings and have exchanged the truth of God for a lie, serving the creature rather than the creator. Or some there are who living and dying in this world without God, are exposed to final despair. Wherefore, to promote the glory of God and procure the salvation of all of these, and mindful of the command of the Lord, preach the gospel to every creature, the church fosters the missions with care and attention. So it's a really, I feel like they did a really good balancing act there. It's, on the one hand, we have a lot of hope, and we know that God works in all the people, all people, all times, all places. And yet there's this kind of recognition that without the gospel, without the Christian faith, people are vulnerable to the attacks of the evil on. They're vulnerable to uh, the attacks of just their own circumstances at times that can be overwhelming. And so it is our duty as Christians to share the good news, the gospel that we're celebrating right now at this, during this special season. So no matter what, we are in need of God's grace and mercy and His divine assistance. The Blessed Trinity has made the Catholic Church the instrument of salvation in the world. All grace is mediated through Christ's body, the Church. Another name of the Church is the mystical body of Christ. So in some sense, there's no salvation without the work of Christ in His Church, because God acts through his church and continues, continues his saving work in the church's sacraments and the life of the church. 
So at the end of the day, salvation is open to all people, but living as a practicing Catholic avails us of special graces and assistance that is not available outside of the church. That being said, it's no magic show, it's not a magic trick, the sacraments are not in some kind of way a good luck charm or something like that. They are a help, they are an assistance. If we live a self-centered, narcissistic life, which leaves little room for God or others in our hearts, you know, that's not going to be leading us towards God. If we look at different philosophies of the world, if you've heard of Nietzsche, Frederick Nietzsche was a philosopher or thinker uh, back in the, uh, 20s, or the, the 19th century. And his way of thinking was to grasp and take everything that we need. That's the only way that we can get what we need. Uh, the strong will make their way. The strong will get what they want. To get what you want, you must take it yourself. That was his idea of living in a good way. To get what you want, you must take it for yourself. Now we've seen where that leads. It sometimes leads to worldly success in a limited fashion, we might say, but it ultimately leads to competition with God and with each other. And it really is bad for the soul because it leads us being closed in on ourselves and not really open to God's grace and other people working in our lives. It's also the root of many ideologies like fascism and communism and eugenics that really do not square with Christianity. And these have played out in the recent human history in a very tragic way. So on the other hand, a person could live a very tragic life, a life that may seem in a worldly sense broken and not much good in it, and you might say, well, that, that life is miserable and so forth. And yet if this person is a God-seeker, if they look for God in their day-to-day -day lives, if they're other-centered rather than self-centered, that can lead to salvation. Even though the world says that life is bad or not good or wasn't very valuable, even though the world may say it that way, if it leads to salvation, as Catholics, as Christians, we would say, that's a good life. No matter what challenges or trials we're gone through on the way, if it leads to salvation, that's a good life. It's a valuable thing. And whatever path God chose for that person, it's a, it's a good path. So we can see the church holds out hope for all people. And at the same time, insists that the church herself is a sacrament of salvation. Jesus gives us a way to receive his life and his assistance, and these are offered through the body of the church. It is possible for people outside of the church to be saved, yes, we have hope for them, but that doesn't mean that we should stop caring about the salvation of our brothers and sisters who do not know Christ. We ourselves are in need of God's grace, we, need, we know that, hopefully, as Christians, we become more and more aware of our need for God's grace. And it also helps us, hopefully, to have that awareness and that desire to share the good news of Jesus with everyone that we meet. Epiphany is a day to remember that all people are called into communion with Christ. And we are asked to do our part to share the good news with the world around us. We know God's gifts of salvation and the sacraments are offered to all. And we ought to help as many people as we can to receive the assistance which the church can offer them. The truths of the faith set us free to accept Christ and to live uh, in union with him. 
Today, the Church reaffirms her missionary mandate to proclaim Christ to all nations, all peoples, and at all times.